0: Get. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay, this meeting is being recorded. Did you hear that too?
1: Yes, I've never heard that before. Oh, that's
0: weird. <laughs> well, welcome to uh, our show. It's this called... is the part
1: I don't get.
0: Yes, I am Jay. I am
1: Bay, and we are back, Biatcha! Yes,
0: after a long break, we are now back uh, on episode sixty. I looked. Oh, it I up. was going to ask. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't even think to rename it like you do. Now Jay has the power with the recording because yep. someone canceled their
1: Zoom account. Roll, roll over reversal. Here. It's summertime. I gotta. I like the I power. Gotta, i gotta yes. cut those costs well you are welcome to it sister um, yeah she's a she's a married woman now I, I i am well i guess technically i'm not a missus
0: because i didn't take his last name but I, I still I don't
1: believe that i'm i didn't take my husband's last name yeah. and i am a mrs all day every day all right well i am a missus then who cares <laughs> about these ridiculous rules if you want to be a missus you be a missus if you want right. to a miss. <laughs> Cause I've, I've had some people say that to me too, where we like, if you'll call them a missus or you're like, write down missus and they'll say, I miss. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. And they're like, I didn't take my husband's name. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well I feel the opposite, but you do you.
0: <laughs> I'm doctor actually.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I know right? that that'll just make it much easier.
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah. for my summer job, speaking of summer times, I'm I'm outside all day and I swear the same cicada jumped on me like three freaking times and I kept flicking him off. I mean, I know there's no way you can tell, but there was like 30 minutes in between each moment. And I just like felt something on my leg and it made me think of you because you had covered the cicadas. This whole cicada swarm brood thing always reminds me of you because you're, you're the, you're the, uh, you're the cicada factoid person I guess Yeah. well you know, well, you know
0: and we we gave a shout out to the cicadas at our wedding with the chocolate <laughs> cicadas and we took a few pictures with them so you know if if you can't beat them join them it's always I know, how right? I see it but Embrace the thing
1: it. that I thought about you know while I'm sitting outside which is actually quite lovely especially now that they're dying down you know so they're yeah. not everywhere but this one cicada just loves me apparently <laughs> you think about it they're always there, we just don't see them. Isn't that creepy?
0: Oh, like there's, underground.
1: There's, because like I mean, what are the numbers? It's it's thousands upon thousands of them, like right? Millions. Yeah. Yeah. So there are millions of cicadas underground with us at all yeah. times. and then pretty
0: much every year a different like uh, I guess brood comes out, but um, you know the seventeen year ones are the biggest. Yeah. Popular. That's why we notice it so much yeah but there's other like some come out every like five years and yes i've so. heard of that
1: but they're yeah. always there think <laughs> about that millions of little things underneath of us all the time well
0: there are those shirts that said like here for a good time not a long time <laughs> <laughs> Uh those are <were> my favorite <laughs> well anyway i have no idea whose turn it is so you can go first if you'd like really
1: because I was feeling the exact same way I wanted you to go first
0: (laughs) all right well I I can go first that's fine I Um, think you
1: should you said you you liked that power (laughs) take it by the reins
0: yeah so I I've been kind of back into my like true crime phase or not phase I don't know
1: you know I've been listening to the podcasts again I actually haven't I've been
0: watching a lot of <laughs> so ID. my yes, ID and then uh a YouTube channel, some YouTube channels out there are really, really? good. There's this one called JCS Psychology and they like okay. um they analyze uh like interrogation videos from um, like some really big murderers or even not so big that you haven't heard of, but when you hear about them, you're like, what? Um I and know, like the right? one the one I watched last night, right before bed, um, was the Parkland <laughs> shooter, Nicholas okay. Cruz. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I actually mentioned him on another episode about the, um, the, you know, when people get infatuated with uh, killers, like serial mm-hmm. killers. Mm-hmm. And um, that specific episode was just, like about um, faking mental illness and showing how like he was trying to fake it and how they reacted because they knew he was full of it. Okay. Um, you know. But anyway, I would highly recommend it. It's really good. Um, So uh, that made me um, have an interest in interrogation and interrogation techniques. So that is basically my topic tonight.
1: Um, (laughs) Uh Never going to lie to you again. eh, I shouldn't have said it again. That makes it sound like I I lied to you. Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) I swear. I, I misspoke. (laughs) <laughs> i promise like but wait a minute you're, now you're gonna have to interrogate yeah, me to it's, find it's, out
0: well one of the things i learned is it's it's not as easy as as we think i would assume um, it
1: would be very challenging just the whole idea of the things that we know now versus like the 80s and before and stuff you know like of the yeah it's not
0: of thought. as simple as like oh you look up to the left and that means you're lying yeah. you know so uh my sources were um off OLR research report uh, from the Connecticut General Assembly by an attorney Ooh. named James Orlando. It was a very good one. Uh, Wikipedia, of course, an article called Bring Peace to the United States, a framework for investigative interviewing, a uh, Wired video by Joe Navarro, who is a retired FBI interrogator. And um, he would interrogate a lot of like cops, or up uh, cops, uh, spies from other countries. Whoa, geez. Um, yeah, really interesting um so my focus is just going to be on police mostly police interrogation in the U.S. and also a little bit in England um so interrogation always oh, got to start with the definition you know um, yeah
1: of <laughs> course it's the also dictionaries. called dictionaries <laughs> you know like
0: speech. <laughs> interrogation is defined as um it's also known as questioning but it's okay. you know Makes commonly sense. employed by law enforcement officials officials, uh, military personnel, intelligence agencies, organized crime syndicates, and terrorist organizations with the goal of eliciting useful information, particularly information related to suspected crime. So there's some general techniques uh, the use of deception, um, which in the United States there is no law or regulation oh, that great. forbids uh, the interrogator from lying about
1: how much tricking them. Yeah
0: um yeah it's it's kind of controversial and yeah it does make you
1: your mom, mom told me you did it yeah <laughs> it's
0: like in some cases I'm like okay like you almost have like I can see where you would have to do it but in other cases it's yeah. like but like when there's like a, a power differential mm-hmm. it's like and then once you know that person realizes you're if they realize you're lying then you're screwed because you lost any trust exactly
1: in that's true um
0: yeah So let's see. And then, of course, there are verbal, nonverbal cues. Um, So what they sometimes do is um, they have found that people who lie will alter behaviors based on emotions. So like, um, but again, this can differ from person to person. If a person lies and begins to feel guilt, they might shift their gaze. Um, And then, of course, there's cognitive uh, differences if you're lying it requires a requires a lot more thought than telling the truth because you're trying to remember your lie and therefore you're um, mm-hmm. more likely to make errors in speech which is kind of like you know we like everyone kind of knows like if you start stuttering yeah like the um uh that song like stuttering <laughs> it's very good but i forget who it's by
1: that's actually a song
0: yeah she's like um Oh, I can't remember how good it's like, okay. You don't have to sing it. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear that.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that's not what I mean.
0: I get it. Uh, and then there's what they call the attempted control approach where the person will try like a little too hard to come across as normal and cool and honest yeah. and try to adjust their behaviors to make themselves more believable. Um, but that's I mean, so funny, shoot. cause
1: this makes me think of like DUI checkpoints
0: yeah but like for life. me if i were in an interrogation room i would be so nervous like i would look yes. so guilty
1: I'm, I'm nervous like, i'm nervous going into a bar when they look at my md <laughs> but like, i know when I like leave like a liquor store or whatever because i know i'm well over the age of 21 but i'm just like they're not gonna I know, I'm like me I'm like, <laughs> I'm like don't make eye contact with them and then i'm like wait they're gonna think
0: i'm trying to hide something make eye contact with them that makes me look nervous <laughs> it's like and I it's definitely... like you're not
1: even doing anything wrong but yeah that power differential definitely it's legit
0: yeah and then like when they scan the idea i'm like what exactly are they what scanning the... and what if mine comes up as a fake even though i know it's not i know
1: <laughs> i know and I'm then those lie detector 18.
0: tests yeah <laughs> Oh lie detector tests, tests
1: is they're BS. Yeah.
0: yeah i don't even know if they're still admissible
1: but um... well, they aren't no they're not even the person who invented the lie detector test says that i'm obviously paraphrasing and gonna misquote this entire thing but he like essentially wished that he had never invented it because of the misuse of the lie detector test wow he probably had no idea it was gonna be used like that it's essentially just a stress meter yeah i'm like duh like, you're going to be darn stressed. <laughs>
0: yeah. If I know that I'm already a suspect or something, like, yeah, that question, like, I'm probably going to fail. Yeah. Even if I and if you're
1: like it. a sociopath or whatever, like, you're going to be cool as a cucumber. Yeah. I mean, you would know you more about shit. that than I would, but.
0: <laughs> um And then, of course, there's the whole good cop, bad cop routine, which mm-hmm. we kind of know. um And then, in, not here, but in. Country, other countries the use of mind-altering drugs which is found to be ineffective and illegal um and then of course well not of course but unfortunately torture is also something mm-hmm. used um not legal here but it was during certain wars and you know well it was kind of covered up but you know yeah Abu Ghraib and all that stuff mm-hmm. um
1: I'm sure things have happened right if a human being can do it I'm sure it's it's been done yeah Um, So in the United States,
0: uh, police interrogations are conducted under what's called an adversarial system where the police seek to obtain material that will aid in convicting a suspect rather than discovering the facts of the case, which is really kind of disheartening, like the way that's written, um, because it's like, we don't really care about the facts or the truth. We just want to like find someone guilty. Mm. And I think that's uh, problematic, to say the least. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the most widely used technique in US law enforcement is called the Reed Technique. And it was developed by somebody named John Reed. Um, It's, uh, like I said, widely used involves steps to obtaining a confession and methods for detecting deception in person's body language. It has been criticized for being difficult to apply across cultures and eliciting false confessions from innocent people. So, why we still use it, I don't know, but I'll get a little more into the critique of it later. Okay. Um, so, it starts with um, a factual analysis where, you know, just the basics of any crime case where they uh, look at the crime scene, they analyze everything um they look at opportunity of the suspects opportunity access to commit behavior motive um how they acted before and after the crime and they look at biosocial status meaning like um you know were they married were they male were they you know what race were they because these are all like you're more likely to commit a crime if you're male and which Mm -hmm. again might be problematic i don't know (laughs) Yeah, because
1: of that bias. Um,
0: yeah, potential. yeah. Right, because it's like kind of chicken or the egg thing, I would think. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then they do what's called a behavior analysis interview. That's like step two. Um, or And it's used, um, I'm sorry, it's where the investigator basically asks the suspect a series of background questions to get a baseline of their behavior, both nonverbal and verbal, um so they kind of see like just like oh where are you from you know just to see okay this is how this is how this person is when you're just kind of relaxed and yeah. like not you know provoked or anything and then they ask behavior provoking questions to see what kind of like different verbal and nonverbal mm-hmm. responses they get so that when they do ask about like did you do this or not they can kind of see what comes up in your behavior which i thought mm-hmm. was pretty interesting um So, you know, like they say, like getting a baseline for the person and then, um, the interrogation round starts, um, and they said that the interrogation should only occur when the investigator is reasonably certain of suspect's involvement, which. So
1: can I ask a quick question Is this all one process or are these several different meetings or Um, does it just depend?
0: Well, the factual analysis is is more like happens before the actual okay
1: but the behavioral one
0: um it's usually i i think it depends um but i think they do a, a lot of it like all at once and that's okay. part of like it's kind of like trying to like break you down because like yeah. some of the videos like they're i are talking watched...
1: like chill yeah go back into their little room exactly like all right, this guy is acting funny and then yeah. come back into the quote box that's what they yeah like they start TV, out being the box yeah
0: <laughs> they start out being like all like hey man how's it going what's what's going on you know like the, basically okay. their friend they want to build that rapport and then um they'll be like hey let me get you some water or something and then they'll yeah. go um they'll take
1: the little cup for the deal <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah and then um but i think it kind of depends like how much you know, they think they're going to get from the okay. suspect, okay. and if they ask for a lawyer, obviously. All right. Um, cool. And then the interrogation begins. Dun, um, dun, dun. And so the first, so the interrogation itself has like different steps, and not really steps, but different like ways of um, dealing with certain things that come up during the interrogation. Okay. So they talk about um, positive co- confrontation where basically you say you reveal the evidence that shows the person is guilty so you're like hey look we have you on video um doing you know at the time of the scene at the time of the crime at the scene of the crime blah 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 and then they have what's called a theme development where and i saw this (laughs) in the the play i know i don't know why they use this this wording because it it it, it does sound rather like... We're going to set this silly, seat. But so this is when um, the investigator... <laughs> um, this is when the investigator presents a moral justification and basically like kind of like gives them an out for why they would have committed the crime and put, saying like, like I watched this one and like, man, you're this girl that like basically hired like people to stage a robbery and kill her parents. Mm. He was like man, I, I can totally understand, like they were putting so much pressure on you mm-hmm. and it was just impossible to live up to their expectations. So it's like, you're kind of like justifying why they did it basically yeah, so they and feel putting feel it on something else. Yeah. To
1: say yes. I've totally yeah. seen stuff like that on like documentaries. And yeah, like exactly. That.
0: Cause you're like, you're like, why are they saying that? And you're like, Oh, okay. So they're like, it must've been really stressful.
1: Yeah. really hard for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like he was abusive. No wonder you killed him, you know? I know. And then another big thing is not letting them, not letting the suspect deny, um, like deny the, the crime because that like gives them a sense of power. Apparently the more that you do, you more that you let them deny the crime. So if the suspect asks to speak, then you should discourage them from doing so but they also said innocent people are less likely to even ask for permission um they're just going to be like no i didn't do it you know they're going to get like very Mm -hmm. worked up um and then of course um what they call overcoming objections where is instead of just saying i didn't do it sometimes the suspect will say i would never hurt anybody because I don't believe in that, or I would never do that because I love my job. Like these kind of statements. And they say that you can accept these statements as truth instead of arguing. Um, And then procurement and retention on suspects attention. So this is like getting them to focus on the theme (laughs) of like, yeah, I understand why you did that. um, Rather than the punishment, Um, because obviously you don't want them to think about the, uh punishment or think about hey you're going to jail so they're not allowed to um they can't lie about that like if they ask them like what's going to happen to me or like am I going to jail they're not allowed to be like no um but they're allowed to like not answer or like change the topic and so I did see like some of the videos I watched where they did that they're like look we want to or a lot of times they'll be like look we know you want like this has been weighing hard on you and you just <laughs> want to get off your chest like um and then this is also where they like close the distance between themselves and the suspect that proximity
1: which,
0: yeah although like on other like on on the video I watched with Joe Navarro he was saying not to do that because it makes them uncomfortable but maybe that's what they want to do um maybe I don't know I think I see it as more of a uh, kind of um, like intimidation. Like you're like kind of like pressuring the person, especially if they've already been in the room for several hours um, and just like, okay, this person's getting closer to me. I'm feeling like claustrophobic. So I'm just gonna say- What are
1: the rules on how long you can be interrogated for? That's a good question. Um, Cause I know that they can only hold them 20, like what? 24 hours without um, filing charges, and then they have to let them go, but they can't possibly interrogate someone for 24 hours. So there has to be some sort of rule on on that. So and- it looks like
0: um, without a charge, um, if you are detained in a police custody for questioning about a serious offense such as a murder robbery without any charged offense the police can hold you for up to eight hours but can only question you for up to four or it would be deemed excessive interrogation
1: okay so only eight that's if you're not charged
0: with anything yeah yes
1: but then if it's sometimes they're just asking you this happens on tv all the time where they're like you know like you know you're not being charged with anything you can leave whenever you want to so that's probably different than an interrogation because this they're being detained so when you're detained you have to stay i'm guessing versus just a um, questioning. oh yeah that's
0: <clears throat> well you i guess they can keep you in there um but you don't have to necessarily say anything yeah um how long can you be oh wow well, i definitely
1: spelled all that wrong if you if you really like interrogations one thing that you would that you would that you would love is this thing that I stumbled upon on (laughs) Netflix and they're in multiple languages and you like French so I'm guessing there I'm pretty sure there is a French one I'm I'm I know that there's one from the UK because that's the one I watched it's called criminal Mm -hmm. which is which is what sucked me in and it's <laughs> literally just like four episodes of the whole episode is just a straight up interrogation. And each nice. one is like a different country. Oh, so the wow. UK one, um, they, it's it's really interesting. And it had one of the, it had Kit, Kit um, Harrington. I'm pretty sure that's his last name from Game of Thrones on it. And then um, the guy who played Raj from Big Bang Theory, um, uh, like faked a british accent for it but um they oh, had a big countdown clock it's not real after. though i don't think so now but they had this big red countdown clock being like you know we've only got we've only got this much time left you know like like they had like it was like tick 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 you know um and like essentially like you have only this much time to question this person and then let's it if you don't get them to confess then that's the end of it so oh. it was really, really good. Of course, obviously that's in the UK. So very different probably.
0: Yeah. Is it, that's on Netflix,
1: you said? Yeah. And I okay. think it's like, I think it's like four episodes. And it's really interesting because each one is so different. And you'll like start off being like, you know, this person's guilty or this person's innocent. Yeah. And I, yeah. And then you change, change your mind. You're like, wait. Yeah. yeah. And they do a lot of what you're saying.
0: Yeah. So, post-arrest questioning. This is the almost uni- the almost universal vice of defense attorneys is to keep the old mouth tightly shut when being questioned <laughs> after an arrest, at least until after consulting an attorney. Suspects, all too frequently, unwittingly reveal information that can lead to be used as evidence for their guilt. Without a Miranda warning, what the arrestee says in response to custodial questioning can't be used for most purposes. It doesn't say it doesn't say like the length, but something I noticed, cause like in the movies and shows, it's always like the minute you say you want a lawyer, they're like, they stop and like, you know, let you, um, go. But like in these videos, they would say, I want a lawyer and they're like, okay, well, do you have one that you can call? And they're like, mm-hmm. no. And like, basically I, I'm assuming these people are detained cause they're like, um, you know, like I I don't have anybody, like, can somebody help me get one? And they're like, no, like and you have to figure that out yourself. So
1: Yeah. Like unless you have like a friend or a family member or you're just really rich and you have one on retainer. Right. And it's like or you've been through the criminal process many times before. (laughs) Yeah, otherwise I guess
0: it's like a public defender. So it's like it's not like they just dramatically stop the investigation. It's like they almost try to convince you, like, or they kind of like talk you out of it a little. Which I was surprised. Um. Oh
1: my god, I, what was I watching recently? I I don't know. What, oh, I think it was when I was watching that that fantastic documentary um, uh, about the Thirteenth Amendment. I think is what it was. I think it was like Thirteenth or I can't remember. Oh, but I think it, I know what you're talking it, it, about. It highlighted this guy who was literally just waiting in prison. Um, you know because they, they essentially like just wait you out and try and get you to just sit, just take your plea deal and say uh-huh. that you've done something he's like I didn't do it and like I will sit here and I will wait in prison until like I can you know yeah get justice I saw... and then he died yeah. I'm pretty uh-huh. sure he died in prison I could be messing uh-huh. this up but essentially they're like pressure you to just give in yeah because it's just they're like
0: this is a get out of jail free card but it's like you have to admit yeah. that you did something you didn't do
1: yeah but for um, him i think he would have still gone to jail just wouldn't have been as long i'm not sure
0: yeah so my advice as someone who's not an attorney and has no <laughs> legal <laughs> experience is to whatsoever is to uh look up a defense attorney's number and memorize it just in <laughs> case that way you can be like, yes, here's their name and here's the number. And then that way, <laughs> if you're still on pay- him
1: in the phone book.
0: Yeah, <laughs> sounds great. He's got four out of five stars on Yelp. Yeah, and then call, you know, call up his number and be like, look, man, <laughs> I need you right now. <laughs> that one call from from that you get from jail is an important one. So. Well, hey, we could put it in our phone, I guess.
1: Yeah, I, don't I guess. you have
0: your phone, but. Probably not, but that's why you got to memorize it. just in case um so let's see uh okay so they we talked about distancing the person or the suspect and the interrogator um and then they talk about handling the suspect's passive mood so they uh basically this means like um the investigator has to intensify the theme and continue to display understanding and sympathetic demeanor while urging the suspect to tell the truth. So it's like just, you know, again, with being, um, you know, I, I understand like, man, that, that bitch had it coming, you know, kind of thing yeah. to really get them to, to be like, um, you know, kind of agree and admit to or whatever they did or did not do. Um, And then they talk about, this was really interesting, the alternative question, where basically they come up with two reasons, like two reasons why uh, the person did this. One is like completely ridiculous, so it makes them more likely to agree to the other reason, but then also admit that they did it. So it's like, it was like, what's so behind
1: you... door number one? <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> so it's like, so did you plan this out, or was it just like a spur of the moment and happened, you know, kind of accidentally? Like, of course, if you're given like two, um, you know, two options, you're going to pick like the better of the two. But it's like, it's kind of messed up because you're, you know, instead of just being like neither of them, but I guess someone who's, I guess they, the reasoning behind it is someone who's guilty, you know, will kind of feel at that point that they're, that the investigator is on to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have the suspect once, I guess if you do get a confession, they have them orally rel- relate the various details of the offense. Um, and then if, or get like a brief, uh, review of what happened and then you get more detailed info and then finally you convert that into an oral confession I'm sorry you convert the oral confession to a written confession mm, you
1: sign um, it,
0: right yeah can you imagine like you
1: sign it's crazy statement.
0: yeah because it shows them going over the paperwork and it's like it's like you think you're like running cards <laughs> like all right sign here sign here yep yep <laughs> sign here for murder okay sign there yeah, yeah. oh don't forget the date uh, <laughs> it's just like God, what if you were like, um, I'm
1: sorry, I can't sign this. The punctuation here needs to be changed.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. It's probably like you can sign if you want, but it's still, <laughs> you know, it's still going. Um, so, of course, like I mentioned before, um, there's critiques of the read technique. Um, research has shown that people are, are actually very poor at making accurate judgments of truth or deception in general, and that behavior cues that police rely on in particular are not diagnostic of deception. Um, and investigators cannot distinguish truthful from false denials of guilt at rates significantly greater than chance. So it's basically like a lottery yeah. out there, gamble, uh, like, but it's like once they get their mindset set on something, they're just going to kind of, you know, look for things that, that agree with, uh, you yeah, know, especially with the pressure to like, see, you know, win the case or solve the case and close it. It's,
1: it's like how really they scary. say, like how people react when their like loved one dies, and then they always say like, oh, the husband or the wife did it, and like, oh, they yeah. they were acting right, but you know, it's just like grief. Like, there's no way to, there's no one way. Right. Like everybody not reacts. One way to lie.
0: Yeah, everyone reacts differently. And like, especially if it's like you're traumatized, you might be in shock. You might just be like totally numb. Um, and then if you like, if you cry too hard then you're overreacting, you know, like, oh, they're, you know, just putting on an act. That would
1: be me. If I made it, <laughs> if I made it anywhere into the, a situation like that, I mean, good luck getting anything out of me. I do I not know. handle st- stress well.
0: <laughs> See, I would be I would be on the opposite. They'd be like, she's not even crying. Like, she's just sitting there. Oh, I wish. Like, you know, because for me,
1: it always takes a while to, to hit me. They'd be like, ma'am, we're going to need you to calm down. <laughs> like, bring in the white They're coats. Like, here's your Xanax. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so, um, and then they say that this technique of, like, using coercion and op- um, often leads to false confessions um, mm-hmm. so and yeah the like I said the Joe Navarro video I was watching so he's like considered an expert on non verbal um, body language um, so well I guess that's kind of the same thing he's a mentalist uh, <laughs> yeah I guess I guess you could say that um, and he was saying that like it's impossible like there's no such thing as like like I kind of said before, like if this person looks in that direction, that means this, or there's not like a definitive body language to, or every I mean, scenario. Yeah. Like there's just no way to be, to use body language to figure out if, if someone is lying or not based on body language alone. Like it's just impossible. Like, wasn't there, was it psych or one of those shows where like or no it may, i think it was like a shorter lived show where it was like this guy was like a human lie detector and he could tell like just oh, from their body i think i know
1: what you're like, talking about it had that tell Br- me the truth british guy yeah i think oh god i know exactly what you're talking yeah. about yeah and it was like wow <laughs> and like he, I, I just remember like that's so cool i feel like it was called lie to me or something yeah like
0: that. that sounds right lie to me and he's like well he turned his leg to the right symbolizing <laughs> this and i was like you know and he was saying how like there was this woman they they were um not interrogating but interviewing and she was like acting really really nervous and like she couldn't sit still and they're like ma'am is there something you want to tell us and she's like yeah i i parked my car in like a one hour time limit and i'm gonna get a ticket and i'm really worried about it like can i move my car and they're like oh and then after that she was like totally calm and she ended up having nothing to do with what they thought like the crime that she was involved in um so uh so then there's a kind of a
1: push oh my to- gosh it was it was lie to me i just lie to me. It up tim roth yeah was the human Um, lie detector. Dr. Cat Lightman (laughs) was his character's name. All right, go ahead, sorry. Okay, thank you. Well, I'm glad
0: we, yeah, I was like, I don't know. I was like, tell the truth. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so the peace method is used in England and, or the UK, I should say. I I used to think that UK and England were the same thing. (laughs) Um, So, UK and then some other, I think it's like being more and more used in other countries as well. Um, So it's less confrontational interview approach. Um, It allows the suspect to tell their story without interruption before confronting them with inconsistencies. And um, what makes this different than the US, uh, the read technique is you're prohibited from deception. Um, So the it's pretty straightforward. Uh, the first step is preparing and planning where you create a written interview plan and certain objectives um, then you meet with the, the person, the suspect, and you engage and explain and uh, you build rapport and you use active listening, which I'm like, man, this feels like social work school. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you and then comes what's called the account stage where the, Um, They obtain the interview's account of the events and then um, any questions that the investigator has should be short and it shouldn't be like a lot of jargon, it's just usually straight to the point. Um, And then closure where the interviewer summarizes the person's account of the events, they allow the person to make any clarification or ask questions. And then there's an evaluation uh, stage where the interrogator uh, assesses how interviewers interviewee story fits with the investigation and then they turn determine you know where they go from here they and they reflect on their performance so it's like much more open ended um no deception no as far as i know no coercion um and there's a big push by like the innocence project um and you know, a lot of other nonprofits to get this used instead of the read technique uh, because it is seen as more, uh, to be more fair and to, it's less likely to lead in um, false uh, confessions. Um, So that's kind of, um, that's pretty much my topic. That's really, I just wanted to focus like on a few different technique so it didn't get too much. Um, but I would definitely suggest check out JCS psychology and um it you'll be addicted if you're into this kind of stuff because it really <laughs> breaks down like it's like it'll it'll like play the interrogation tape and it'll be it'll pause to be like, now now you'll see that he looks right up at the camera and notices he's being filmed and then starts acting differently. You know, it's like just little things like that. And it'll kind of give you background and it's it's like very educational, but also really interesting. So yeah, yeah that's kind of what we did on our uh, mini moon. <laughs> <laughs> Other than, you know, being at the beach, we were like, let's let's watch more YouTube videos about people being interrogated. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: <wow>. I know. <laughs> oh, if only. I wish my husband like more true crime stuff. He would just be I'm sitting there. I'm the surprised he doesn't. Time. He'd be sitting the whole time being like, what is wrong with this person? yeah like like even like when tiger king came out like he watched a little bit of it because the guy was just so such a character if someone's like really out there he'll watch it but i mean it's got to be like tiger king's definitely out there yeah (laughs) but he can't like (laughs) sit there and watch like binge he's not a binger the only thing i've ever seen him binge is the office and breaking bad hmm and well that's true
0: that's well not true crime but it's
1: Cross. such a weird lost <laughs> breaking back <laughs> <in the office>. <laughs> <So> <laughs> random. um but yeah so that was good and it's interesting because mine has to do somewhat with the police as well oh nice. so you know we must have been like linking same minds way blank, and, you know <laughs> just uh i love it when that happens uh one mind two bodies you know so <laughs> this happened to me twice. And then when I saw it the second time, I was like, okay, I feel like I have to, this could be a decent podcast. Um, and then I feel like I also overheard it on one of my faves that I've mentioned many times before Adam ruins everything, but I'm not hundred <laughs> percent sure if I heard him mention this or not, but I was like going to the pet store and I saw this random dude outside with like a table set up, you know, like, I guess, you know, handing out brochures or whatever for dare you know oh
0: you know what I saw that guy too
1: <laughs> or no it was a
0: girl it was a long time ago but it was outside that pet smart I know exactly what you're talking about
1: and well this one was a pet co so maybe they're making or it what's around. the one in Rockville the one that you and I go to is a pet smart the okay the not the one that's a little closer to my house is a pet co and I saw him in front of a pet co and I was like oh my god dare I thought that that didn't happen I thought that that's yeah. gone and done with and I didn't think of anything of it, but then I saw another guy standing in front of the Starbucks like a few weeks ago with his little table set up and he's wearing the dare shirt that we all got. I got a gray one. Um, <laughs> I, remember, I wore that dare shirt. Oh, I so remember long. you wore
0: that dare shirt.
1: <laughs> I don't,
0: I'm sure I got one. I'm surprised I didn't wear And it. You it know, they often. gave us
1: like the biggest possible t-shirt. So it was perfect, perfect for, my, for, sleeping. for my fashion sense at the time. <laughs> you know, if if it didn't, if it wasn't like four sizes too big and something you couldn't sleep in, didn't wear it to school. Hello. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I mean, class, class over here. So I thought to myself, like, that's kind of weird. I thought the dare was essentially, you know, taken away and that it, that, you know, they knew that it didn't work. Um, And that's the reason why, you know, it was no longer Yeah. So I wanted to find out if it's, you know, what's that about? Like, is this real or is this some sort of scam? These people like (laughs) passing out flyers and like, maybe they're trying to get donations or something like that, you know? And also it's weird to be out in public and not like in a school, you know, which is where we all got there. Yeah. Or like at the PGA meetings or something. Maybe they go there too. So I went down a baby little rabbit hole um, and I got my um sources from a couple of places but mainly from um livescience.com and americanaddictioncenters.org um and wikipedia so drug and alcohol resistance education otherwise known as d-a-r-e little periods in between each letter (laughs) dare was introduced into elementary school classrooms in 1983. uh so though no longer as widespread as it was apparently it is still part of the curriculum in many school districts i was really surprised by that um, really yeah I thought it was <laughs> <dead>. <laughs> you were one of millions of children such as jay Ooh-hoo. and i who got that one it worked for me <laughs> <laughs> Who got that wonderful t-shirt i'm a success story sort <laughs> and, of and slept with this shirt and wore it to school many times um <laughs> who completed the drug abuse resistance education program uh, between 1983 and 2009, you may be surprised to learn that scientists have repeatedly shown that the program did not work despite being the nation's most popular substance abuse prevention program. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh-huh. So um, of course, DARE was, was essentially a byproduct of Nancy Reagan's Just Say No campaign and mixed in with you know america's war on drugs that really kind of came out of the the reagan era in the 80s so in essence dare was the youth directed arm of these campaigns so i guess it's kind of like get them while they're young idea yeah Um, just like they do with gang members (laughs) yeah so the police were like you know it sounds like a plan let's let's take this on um so at its peak in the early 90s which is pretty much well we were kind of like the later 90s when we did when we were in fifth grade but you know we're right in there dare was implemented in 75 percent of schools in the U.S. and cost taxpayers an estimated 600 million to 750 million dollars a year a year and this was in existence for over 20 years that's a lot of money (laughs) So did D.A.R.E. work? Question mark. Although very popular by parents, schools, and politicians, D.A.R.E. was completely ineffective in preventing oh. drug use and overall didn't work. They started studying its effectiveness um, in 1992 uh, when a study conducted in, at Indiana University showed that graduates, I love how they call them graduates. Thank you, <laughs> them, thank you I'm a graduate. Where was my cap and gown? <laughs> I know all I got was this t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, literally. It's like one of those only moments where that really can't, that word can be used. You know, like <laughs> I went to Mexico and all I got was this stupid t-shirt. You know, like, <laughs> I, went, I went to Paris and all I got was this t-shirt. <laughs> so this is one of those moments where we can really say it. Um, so yeah. Um, So they showed that the graduates of the DARE program um, had significantly higher rates of hallucinogenic drug use um, than those that were not exposed to the program at all. And every study on the effectiveness of DARE, including a major 10-year investigation by the American Psychological Association, found pretty much the exact same result, that the program didn't work and in that um, the APA study, the big 10-year one, the one that's mentioned in most of the articles, they studied, um, it's such a weird number, a 1,002 individuals. Like why? <laughs> Round that down. Like a 1,002 individuals that were in their early 20s who all participated in D.A.R.E. in the sixth grade, because of course, Unlike us, most a lot of elementary schools in the U.S. go up to sixth grade. Um, so, oh yeah, they found no measurable positive outcomes from participating in the Dare program towards drug use, attitudes towards drugs, or self-esteem. Wow. They they did find that the program is actually very counterproductive, similar oh, wow. to the study that I already mentioned. That 10-year study found that there were higher numbers of drug use among high school students who went through the DARE program compared to students who did not. And you know what? Now that I'm reading this, we have a handful of friends that were in private school. So I Mm -hmm. wonder if I feel like they would be less likely to have had DARE in their school. Yeah, I don't
0: think so. I feel like when I ask other people about DARE, they're like, I don't know what you're talking about.
1: Because we have a lot of friends that that are from other states too. So that probably has a lot to do with it too. But it's interesting. I wonder like what they would think about this. <laughs> like if we showed them like a little video. I'm Scruff McGruff, the crime fighter. <laughs> little trench coat, so weird. Um, uh, I don't know if DARE and Scruff McGruff were connected but I just feel like they were. Um, so because of those studies, DARE eventually lost federal funding in 1998. So that that taxpayer dollar, um, you know, disappeared in 1988, but it still existed regularly till 2009. Um, psychologist William Coulson said that Dare increased drug awareness so that, quote, as they got a little older, students become very curious about these drugs they've learned about from police officers. Oh no! End quote. <laughs> wow. Throughout the 90s, national leaders of of the program D.A.R.E. resisted the scientific findings of of these studies. And in some cases, they even tried to bribe academic journals not to publish them, Um, obviously, so they could stay um, in business. Program (sighs) leaders told the press that strong public support for D.A.R.E. was a better indicator of its success than actual facts. Scientific studies or statistics. <laughs> um, you know, because everyone loved the t shirt. And let's face it, getting out of class. You yeah. know, like that's the only thing that I remember. I remember, like, okay, cool. The police officer's coming in. Put your books down, everybody. Let's sit back <laughs> for an hour. You know, what I mean, like, come on. Fifth grade was a stressful year. <laughs> you had to I learn know. About, like, the know. We were getting
0: ready for graduation,
1: moving on to middle school. <laughs> you know you had to take that pre-algebra exam you know there was a lot oh, we happening. had the
0: what was the mspap or whatever oh the mishap
1: yes <laughs> so
0: anyway, you had to learn I'm your sorry.
1: student id number for the first time so it, was, it was a big year um so uh program leaders told the press you know that you know that public perception was a was a bigger indicator and they should really just listen to that and they, they also claimed that the program improves the relationships between youths and the law. So the program essentially failed due to three major reasons, public hysteria versus evidence-based learning, politics mm-hmm. of the policy, and of course, my personal favorite, a faulty curriculum. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, because it was started during the height of the war on drugs, The focus of the program was mainly on punitive consequences instead of rehabilitative education, which was a big reason why it didn't work. The Department of Justice gave federal grants to DARE, ordered for a large scale report to be conducted. So after analyzing large amounts of of that data that showed DARE simply just didn't work, DARE then actually resorted to legal action in an attempt to diminish or silence the results of that (gasps) report. Oh, that's terrible. Um, DARE's reluctance to incorporate data to adapt its curriculum is a a big reason as to why it didn't succeed. For most schools, DARE, and and I really should explain this for anyone who didn't go through DARE, the most the most schools so the whole curriculum is just lecture based where a police officer would come to your class and they would just kind of talk to you for like 45 minutes and they'd always have audio visual aids including the suitcase with the fake drugs
0: do you remember this
1: <laughs> you know like they open up this box and it's got Vaguely. like it's got like 50 different types of, of quote-unquote drugs and some of them are like, you know, it's like, and it's all like behind plastic, so you can't actually like touch it or get it out. But you that's know, it's what like, that's it, what got the kids started. They're like, ooh, they've got their want to try sp- it. Speed, speed pill, and the little vial of coke, and you know, look, this is this is meth, kids. Don't do this, you know? And I remember seeing that and being like, oh my God, that's drugs. He's holding drugs. Look at all those drugs. Oh my God, I can't believe he, but I mean, in reality, it's probably totally fake. You know, I mean, I hope they're not bringing this real suitcase to an elementary school. It's probably like
0: baking soda or something.
1: I hope so, because what if like it got lost or, you know, there's gotta be some idiot out there that stole that damn thing. You know, like thinking that they were gonna get high. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so for most schools, it was that police officer lecturing you for about 45 minutes to an hour, and they explained the risks of drug use and offered tips on how to refuse them. Um, This is a big part of that whole just say no. And I do remember that's where I learned what peer pressure was. Yeah. And I remember like them telling us these scenarios that we could say, you know, instead of you know, and wouldn't we do like a role play or yeah, something? Instead of succumbing to that peer pressure. But most of it was completely yet lecture-based. Like it wasn't like hands-on at all. Yeah. So the program also attempted to create a better image of the police. The program focused on many issues um. like self-esteem and peer pressure. Um, they also, and I did not know about this, and this was especially disturbing, They Uh created information for parents too. Um, And I figure like, okay, it's like a flyer, but they actually made a book called Keeping Kids Drug Free. And it had a lot of things in this book, as you can imagine, including a 2000 word glossary of slang terms and questionnaires. So they wrote in like questionnaires that the parents could then ask their kids I can't even imagine being like drilled by your parents at the dinner table, like the stuff that they wrote in this book. Um, just for what I'm assuming is very overly paranoid parents. Um, they said that <laughs> the helicopter book- parents, <laughs> and those are the kids that probably went straight to drugs. <laughs> I don't mean, this was the nineties. Let's get real. Like we were all latchkey at the time. And like, you know, <laughs> we were raised by the TV and, you know, it, we were just an offshoot of the 80s where it's just a miracle we all survived, you know? So they said that the book was very out of touch with reality and was mostly just fear-based. There was a shock. For example... <laughs> <laughs> that's, how the,
0: that's how they like to do
1: things with at the police. I know. Um, well, I mean, it just, fo- again, focuses on the punitive damages there. So if your child answered yes to did something exciting happen... <laughs> <laughs> I mean like how broad is that or if they quote tried hard to win a game end quote in in the questionnaires that they asked then the parents should be wary of potential drug use for their child they tried cancer. hard to win a game I guess I mean I guess that, that somehow that even makes mean? them addi- have an addictive personality I don't or know or they're just competitive <laughs> I guess and that leads to he's on cocaine (laughs) that's why he's so into it and you know god forbid any child wants something exciting to happen so it sounds like
0: this program is based (laughs) on no like research or any sort of like background in actually preventing drug use they just like came up with it and like this seems like it would work
1: yeah it was just a bridge from like it like a
0: PR stunt really from the
1: police essentially I'm guessing like the state to the counties to the specific kids get them while they're young let's have this great um relationship with the kids and and the parents and the police and let's get them to trust us and everything that we say and say that you know like drugs are bad and all you got to do is just say no kids and then you'll be good you'll be fine and if you don't just say no this is gonna happen to you You know, so, I mean, essentially that was kind of it. I don't know if there was a whole lot of research uh, beforehand, but this book sounds kind of, um, I mean, how should we say inaccurate and not very helpful. (laughs) Um, So many critics um, said that the book um, was borderline fraudulent while harsher (laughs) (laughs) critics reserved that term for dare itself, not just Mm -hmm. the book. So my biggest question when starting the topic was like, does it still exist? And as I said in the beginning, it does. So today, and this still makes me a little nervous, you know, it it is still in curriculums um, around the United States. I mean, who knows, it could potentially be in other places like Canada, branching out, you know? So today, DARE has apparently, according to them, adjusted its curriculum. And now, today, it incorporates more evidence-based methods. Okay. So instead of the 45-minute lecture, D.A.R.E. sessions typically involve role-playing activities, peer-to-peer interactions, and workshops on decision-making, effective communication, and developing coping skills, which I think is probably the most important. Yeah, coping skills is good. So I found... I actually found an article in Scientific American, which is pretty highly regarded. So I was surprised by this, and they were saying that that Dare um, started to search for a new curriculum, and the program's scientific advisory board selected a program called Keeping It Real.
0: Oh no! Um, uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> In real oh was capitalized i don't know if r-e-a-l is supposed to stand for something but <laughs> keeping apostrophe
0: oh my god not keeping. that reminds me um there's a show on hbl cl- called insecure um yeah. Yeah. and and the main character works at or she did work at this non-profit for like at-risk hit youth called we got y'all or something <laughs> she's like I think this uh, is racist. I almost <laughs> did a
1: spit take. Oh, sorry. Oh my God. We got y'all. We got y'all. It's terrible. So condescending. We got y'all. We got y'all. That's <laughs> yeah. terrible. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Keeping it real (laughs) is the new program that has all these great things, the role-playing activities, the developing of coping skills that DARE, I guess, essentially took and they probably paid for it, you know, um, is that's the program that that the DARE advisory board selected. um, And they selected it from over 200 listings on the National Registry of Evidence-Based Programs. And on these evidence-based programs- really there was no voting involved. <laughs> were maintained by the you U.S. Kidding. Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. So like real, real stuff. I love that a program called Keeping It Real is maintained by the U.S. Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. I feel like it's almost like when you're becoming an adult and they're like, now you need to have a professional email. You know, like don't say, i um, love and love and dance life <laughs> you know at gmail.com yeah I know. it's hot like... hot girl 69 let's have a professional sounding name young thug 24 <laughs> <laughs> I know.
0: it's kind of funny like there's some people that just like st- st- don't let go of those names superman You're like, oh.
1: 22 yeah <laughs> at gmail at hotmail.com you know <laughs> So um apparently now the new keeping it real dare program instructor instructors only talk for about 8 minutes don't believe it um, just saying um that's pretty challenging to do um partly so they talk for about 8 minutes each lesson partly so that students can spend more time practicing tough decisions and activities with their friends Because I'm sure they're all participating. You know, none of them are messing around and talking about what they're going to do this weekend. You know, they said, "quote If we teach good decision-making skills, it should transfer from one high-risk behavior to the next." End quote. Um, And that was from the president and CEO of Dare American. So that that also makes me worry because I'm like, oh my gosh, is there a Dare UK? There's other countries. Dare, you know it. But I was really surprised that a scientific American said that, you know, like, you know, that this evidence-based approach um, is supposed to work, essentially. Um, and, but see, it's so c- contradictory because then I saw other things that said that even now today, it still doesn't work. Um, and really? I saw some other things saying that even today, it can still continuously be that counterproductive um situation where it's kind of like you know oh you see the drugs then you do the drugs but at the same time anytime i hear that i have to think about that same argument is used for birth control and right. people have found that that's not true like because of course they believed that if they gave women contraception or birth control or if they ha- give kids condoms then they're more likely to have sex so we can't give them anything to protect themselves. yeah
0: we're just gonna pretend it doesn't exist and hopefully they never find out
1: exactly and then obviously it's a worse outcome in in those circumstances but they found that just because you give a kid a condom it doesn't mean that they're more likely to have sex just that they have the proper tools those tools to keep them safe if they do decide So I always think of that. I think of that when they say that, oh, well, they saw the drug suitcase and then they just went out and did all the drugs, specifically hallucinogenic drugs, according to that one study.
0: Yeah, I mean, Um, those kids are probably gonna, it's just a matter of time before they find it some other way.
1: you You know, they didn't learn how to cope with that peer pressure, okay? They did not learn to say no i have a basketball game that i need to go to okay (laughs) well (laughs) yeah i have a test tomorrow in the fifth grade you know like all the scenarios that they gave you to me it's like i think they need less
0: like adults lecturing and more of like maybe someone a little older like a high schooler come in and have like just like big brother big sister program yeah exactly or like have like like let's hear from the kids like hey what do you think about drugs like what is your experience you know you know with like seeing drugs on tv or like you know because they probably know
1: more than adults realize probably probably they're little sponges they they overhear everything yeah they imitate yeah, everything and it's like that you, they see.
0: Yeah. And when kids, you know, if they're given the opportunity to talk, like they're going to open up more and it's yeah. kind of like the interrogation, you know, you can have that rapport and you're going to get more out of them.
1: And I'm curious to see how the legalization of things like marijuana in yeah. the US is affecting this new drug program. Like what is their stance on that? Like, do they think that that's okay? you know, especially for medical purposes. Yeah, because
0: there's going to be that, you know, one or two little shits in the room. Well,
1: what about... <laughs> My mom takes now. it for her glaucoma, <laughs> you know, or whatever it happens to be. You know, like cancer patients and things. There's like yeah. a lot of research and study into that. But, and like you and were now, talking like, about the microdosing and how yeah, it could potentially CBD. help with PTSD yeah, and all kinds of things so i don't know i'd be curious to see what their what their thoughts would be on this
0: yeah i'm sure they have I, i'm my guess is they are against it
1: that's my guess too without looking it up yeah yeah but it could be wrong uh, yeah but that's like, my that's t- to your topic. topic that's my topic.
0: well that was well i'm i'm really surprised because i thought I thought they had gone away and then were trying to revamp themselves, but it sounds like they never left. They just got less popular. I think they
1: did go away in 2009. I think they essentially just ran out of money and they couldn't yeah. find enough interest in what they essentially needed. The school systems were their yeah. buyers essentially. And then it sounds like they you know, revamped themselves fairly recently. I couldn't find like the date as to when they restarted this new evidence-based learning program. Um, but it sounds like they still existed the whole time, but it was probably like in a minuscule fashion in comparison Yeah, I think millions of dollars that they were making in the nineties and the eighties. I
0: think they should have them take a field trip, even though this is not comp, you know,
1: technically you they want wouldn't scared, be allowed to scare the situation. <laughs>
0: yes. Although I don't know if that even, I don't think that works either, but like take them up to the unit I used to work on the detox unit. Whew. oh like see that'll, how sick they get that'll make you not want to do drugs but oh, although God. i feel like the whole like you said the scared straight like they and i remember in health class they would bring in people that like got in trouble for using drugs and you know got arrested or high speed the only person and... i remember
1: was a quadriplegic who got in a bicycle accident and didn't wear his helmet oh really that's the only one i remember and I remember being like so scared I was like what if I fall and like hit my head didn't yeah get me to wear a helmet though
0: exactly (laughs) because in those cases it's so extreme that we we detach from it so it's like Uh, yep we need someone we can oh I say we as if we're the children but um you know the 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 kiddos need someone that they can identify (laughs) with kiddos
1: yeah what is it y'all we got y'all we got y'all kiddos yeah. keeping it real we got y'all kiddos we're keeping it real yeah oh my gosh mm. no g mind you no g in that keeping well
0: oh, that's how God. down to earth they are
1: I, but <laughs> i will say i will say with all this being said i would absolutely still wear a dare t-shirt today so you're really I up on this. Would. Did you ask the dare person if they had any t-shirts that you No, could buy? I was like, you know, like you know, like one of those things is like where you like turn. Oh, well, remember when oh. we were the mall that one time? It's like we're going to continue. Oh, we're going to continue walking. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I just don't want people to stop. I'm just trying to get my coffee, buddy. I mean, like, I'm yeah. sorry, but I'm it's like, oh sure. shit, I made eye contact by accident. I'm not here to have a whole moment with you. I'm just gonna go in. I I did the I even did the ahead ordering so that I wouldn't have to stand inside this building longer than two seconds. So what makes you think I'd want to stand out here with you for longer than that? Right. But luckily, neither of those individuals tried to stop me. Well, you should have interviewed them on my face. (laughs) I know, but um it like kind of occurred to me later after seeing them that like this. That this would be a decent topic, but I bet you, like, it would be so biased if they work for DARE.
0: Yeah. And there's probably only certain things they could even talk about. That's and
1: true. Roles, so. And it ha- would ha- probably have to be anonymous. Yeah. And i probably have to pay them. <laughs> yeah. They'd be like, only with a
0: donation. Like, okay. But
1: yeah. <sighs> what about my, my charming smile?
0: And I don't think so. I
1: don't think so. <laughs> but that yeah. was it
0: that was well, a, that was a great topic because i was always curious it's so sad because i always felt like it worked for me but i was very i you know i was i think cat. you
1: were definitely scared straight without even truly that's true that's something true. to be all that scary in front of you that is very i true. mean like you were scared to like not turning your homework you they yeah. were you were scared to skip class I, and do all smoke kinds of a stuff. Cigarette. Very good chip. you were a very good child that's for sure
0: <laughs> maybe it was also those posters remember the smoking like this is what your lungs look like
1: i remember the steroids posters and those like freaked me out and then like the guy who didn't have a jaw yeah he chewing tobacco mm-hmm. those did scare me that's true
0: but not enough.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do chewing tobacco
0: oh yeah that's true
1: anyway we're back for reals people yes. so we'll see you in two weeks again tell us where
0: they can find us
1: they can find us on facebook <sighs> at this is the part i don't get instagram this is the part i don't get and of course please Gmail. email us your thoughts and feelings and questions and topics at the part i don't get at gmail.com Thank you for listening. You have to click the stop button. Okay. (laughs) Where is it? Oh, stop.